Kate's Industry Spotlight. Join me where I put the industry's top movers and shakers under the spotlight and ask the questions you always wanted to ask. We are honoured to have Glyn from Agent OS with us here today. Glyn, how has this lockdown been for you guys? Tell me a little bit about uh, how that's looked for you. Yeah, it was... um... Obviously, it moves so quickly. Um, and a bit of my background, I was originally an agent, so I set up an agency in South Wales, 97, and only recently sold my shares in 2017. So I was on the co-face quite recently, and um, we're really getting into that mindset of what was going through, you know, agents' minds when this was happening. You know, we were literally going so quickly, um, and you could see really sense those feelings on social media of panic. Um, as ourselves, I've got a few sort of corporate clients and actually we had to have a pandemic plans in place. So if you ever get a corporate contract and the corporate guys go, where's your pandemic plan? You go, I'll just go and get it, go next door and write one. You were uh, telling me about this pre- prior to this, actually. Um, I feel like you had a heads up on, on the coronas quite slightly because you had to actually write a pandemic plan yeah. for a client in February. So would have given you a slight uh, advantage, I would think. Yeah, and it was more sort of like, what if everyone in the office got the flu and you couldn't you couldn't support people? So it was more designed that way. Um, but yeah, on the 18th, we were sat down as a management team starting to go, right, how are we going to do this? Uh, and interesting, a lot of the people who work with me, half of them got quite nervous and wanted to work from home. So pretty much from the 18th onwards, we were allowing people to, to work remotely. So, you know, it was sort of we eased into it quite quickly and, and before a lot of that, that panic set in. Do you feel that uh, you've been able to work as productively with remote teams? Because I presume, did you have you furloughed everyone? What does what does the Agent OS team look like at the moment? Yeah, there's 24 of us. Um, so team developers, the support team. Uh, there's the Agent Pay team. They're the guys that do the rental automation work. Um, and then you got sales, uh, marketing, and admin and finance. Um, I actually didn't really furloughed I only furloughed a couple of people uh, for personal reasons they came to me and asked to be furloughed Um, and what we found was quite interesting while our clients were furloughing the teams the owners were stepping back in and suddenly logging into the system and going "Uh, right I need a lot of help so you know our support calls went up even though we saw that the users were were sort of going down so we sort of very quickly went we're not going to close down or furlough you know we it's normal for us we just have to keep going on that's crazy yes and I think that's been really interesting across the board we speak to obviously a lot of our agents who are have been back on the tools in the last few months because they've obviously had to furlough so many staff that they're in there doing the frontline job as you say and obviously things like systems and processes where you guys come in they actually haven't probably haven't used it for some time yeah well it was really it's an interesting stat that we see is um the people that the owners that decide to say buy buy us half of them don't log in because it's not their job uh, so what they turn into the, yeah, make the decision give it to the teams so we always knew we always knew that sort of half half the owners generally don't log in if they're not so much on the cold face um, but yeah, that was it. It was an interesting couple of weeks because you, you had some really panicky owners going, I furloughed my accounts person and I need to pay my landlords help. It was a real, real panic. Was I like, bet it okay. was. And I mean, you, as, as you, you quite rightly say, your background is in agency and not that long ago. So um, 
what were your initial feelings and thoughts? The, the news hit, this is what was going to happen. As with your agent hat on, mm. what did you suddenly think that the issues were going to be that people were going to have? And then what could you do as a business to try and help? I think the real panic was the drop in incomes. You know, they're those not actually being able to let, and I'm a landlord as well. So I, I was sort of had to rent a couple of properties at the same time. So very quickly, I sort of had to do a bit of self advertising myself and, and um, I was using open rent very quickly just to, to get it going. But what I sensed was that cash flow panic. Um, so, you know, while management fees are consistent, those setup fees make a difference and furlough was coming in, obviously was going to help. Um, so as a team, we sat down and we wrote um, an ebook and we were just listening and talking to some, a lot of our, our agents and asking them, what are you, what are you doing? And then as myself, as an agent, making what tough decisions would I make? And I, and I basically, we just put it into an ebook and um, got that out as quickly as possible uh, and did, did, a, did a second update. And it was just interesting, some real blue sky thinking like mm. cash in deposits. If you think tenants are going to have a problem, have a really open conversation with them and the landlord and say, shall we go to a zero deposit, get that money to the tenants, the tenant can pay us. And that was the sort of bit unknown at that point. Um, and what we can say is looking at our clients and when it comes to rent collections and um, different things, it wasn't as bad as everyone expected. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've had that across the board. I mean, panic set in because we watched France, for example, who were a little bit few weeks ahead of us, yeah. give rent holidays. And I think we all just went, oh, shit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think the prospect of that, so you're absolutely right. But at the beginning, very beginning stage, um, we did all kind of have to catastrophize like that mm -hmm. and go into it. So Agent OS kind of created information. I think that was really what you did, wasn't it? You 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 shared yeah. information and tried to troubleshoot issues. Yeah, it was very right. It was not the time to sell in any shape or form. Yeah. We actually had bought some advertising. We just shifted it very quickly and we went, it's just, it's the wrong thing to do. The right thing to do is give as much information out there as possible. The zero deposit thing is a is a is a really interesting thing, and we've obviously mm. had um, various other suppliers speak about that on our platforms and things like that. Um, is that something you guys offer? And did did that was that an option that was pursued? And is that still a, an option that's that's available? Because I've heard some mixed information out yeah. there in the ether about the insurance around that and whether it actually is available and if not and is re-referencing a criteria and so actually that would be something really interesting to clear up if you could yeah we um our, our system works with a number of the the schemes we're able to account for if it's zero deposits insured um but really the i was going as an agent if i'm holding on to that deposit um coming to an agreement with the landlord and tenant to pay that deposit back and effectively not have a deposit, but on the prerequisite that the tenant then can use those funds to pay rent. Uh, two of my clients really took that on board, but they used it as a plan B. Yeah. So they, they said, we like it. We like the idea. It's, it's obviously quite unique, but we did plan B and, and they just didn't need to implement it. So it was quite, quite interesting. Mm. They thought about it. They kept it there. If those rent arrears, because obviously, management fees are incomes as agency absolutely if that drops then we could be in serious trouble talk about that a little bit um across the board so the agents who are your customers obviously we're talking about here what have you seen in terms of the business the trend of business the, what does it look like 
from your side? In terms of? In terms of any loss of business, uh, growth, um, how are the fees, how are, are the payment holidays, how's the zero, you know, you say about the zero percent being sort of used yeah. but not used. Yeah, what, what, what have people been doing? The ones who've, um, when I look at the clients that just seem to have keep what they've got and grown what they've got, they've really doubled down on that uh, prospecting, that marketing. So they, they're really working the database that they have. That, you know, we sit on tons and tons of data um, and they're just going back to past clients, re-engaging, reintroducing. Um, the other thing that I've seen that, that they've done really well is uh, centralized um, sort of applicant management. So in my own agency three years ago, we what we found was the guys in, in the office, um, they walk in, they have coffee, they sit down, they, they hit the emails. And actually, it's really difficult to, to get back to those applicants really quickly. So we took that away from the branch and said, tell you what, all we need you to do is meet and greet and viewings. And we had uh, Mary, who now um, was working with me at the time, left and has come back. So we locked her away in a room, not literally, but we basically said every applicant that comes in we want you to process and the fundamental thing she did was she just asked the question what's the reason for the move now when she started that she, for every 10 applicants we registered we've got two viewings within three weeks by just asking that one question and spending time with them she took it from five applicants or five viewings for every 10 applicants 150 percent increase so some of the real agents they're really focusing on that front that, that top of that funnel with those applicants in terms of getting into viewings and also then just constantly going back on the contacts that they've got in their address book the crm nurture 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 right? yeah and just really working that you know there's some great services like Spectre. we have our version called agent watch uh, and i'm a big fan of that which data mining prospecting all those new listings but actually we sit on so much information um, and the hard part is just sifting through it. You know, it's actually taking that time to, to really work through that. But tell me, because you, you said to me at the beginning um, when we were speaking about this, that obviously the time for selling was not now. Um, it might possibly start to be a bit now, um, especially from a business point of view. But what you're saying here is that the agents that prospered mainly here were prospecting and marketing. Mm -hmm. Surely that's a form of selling, right? How how is that? How has the language changed or the approach changed, in your opinion, that's making that successful now, um, as to not be seen as you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I in the just, you know the wrong marketplace and all that. Yeah, sharing sharing insight. You know, I I was big believer with landlords. You know, talking to them how to make them more successful. So, so I'm saying that that language changing instead of saying we've got waiting tenants, we just say like just writing to them saying great to see your properties come to market. We'd just like to introduce ourselves. If any time you know we can help, here's some information in the market. And I always like that little tagline at the end where you go, if I've worked this hard to find you, how hard do you think I'd work to rent your property, manage your property? And we just love an opportunity to work together. That's a great so, line, guys. If you got that, that uh, if you uh, if I've worked this hard to find you, imagine how hard I'll work uh, for you. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just that sort of, 
sort of share that 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 insight you know really give that information and the more you do it that, that consistency definitely using automations to help with that consistency yes. just starts to build that funnel you know you get it's that almost funnel. impossible to do that consistency and that nurture now without the automation i, I completely uh, agree yeah it's the, you're either managing spreadsheets and the problem is we get day jobs we get family life and, and we get distracted and we'll drive it then we'll stop and then things dry up and then we have to build back up again um very much automation is the key yeah, absolutely and do you guys help with that in any way yeah we within the systems lots of automations but actually big piece so going back to how we pivoted um we just doubled down on a lot more development because uh, we had time my developers weren't in a room talking to each other and <laughs> drinking cans of coat and having a bit of laugh they were at home so they actually coded more um and it gave us a real opportunity to focus in on with zapier if you come across zapier the americans call it zapier to make Absolutely. it happier it's the bit that connects all the bits isn't yeah. it that's yeah, what that's i know it. it as yeah that's it so we've really done three big connections now uh, we're just testing and we're in beta working with them but um one of them is just the automated um posts with facebook in terms of marketing properties mailchimp uh that side so we just see that you know zapier is a great bit of kit it's not that expensive but it just opens up a huge world of tools mm. um and even for ourselves you know our doing our own marketing we're starting to use it going oh my goodness this is just revolutionizing what we can do mm. yeah, that side so yeah that automations to me is really trying to work with that stuff that's off the shelf um what else have you done to pivot? Because um, from a business point of view, there, there, there came a bit at the beginning there where everything went into sort of meltdown. We went into lockdown. No one knew what the future was going to hold. And, and there was a lot of pressure from um, the consumer to a business to help by, you know, reducing fees, releasing yeah. from contracts, you know, because it, it, everyone was panicking. Now, you know, you and I know we're obviously in the, the service industry that, that, that there was more and more need than ever to serve our customers. Yeah. But I think it through that blind panic, you know, it was difficult to get that message across at the beginning. How did you guys tackle that? We, we um, a lot of, not lots of clients, there's probably 30, 40 of them actually came in terms of fees asking for discounts and it's a tough one i had i was really honest and said look my suppliers who, who i go and buy is amazon microsoft and commercial landlords they're they're giving me nothing absolutely nothing and as a business i'm not on the high street i didn't get rates relief and the only um support i've got from government is delaying a vat bill so that was literally it that's all we had so what we were able to do was we just said to our clients, we can help by deferring 30% of, of our fees until things change for you. But actually giving a discount, we couldn't because our mm -hmm. staff weren't furloughed. You know, we still had to crack on. That that was the tough, tough bit. Um, but just by chance, we were refocusing everything we were doing. So instead of being a classic service and react, we were moving to um customer success focused business so i read a really great book called subscribed i uh, highly recommend it it's about the uh, subscription businesses around the world um and the focus there is if you charge somebody a subscription you've got to focus on their outcomes you know their success outcomes and, and we were working for eight nine months on this and as as literally covid came along it, we were implementing these changes so 
what we're doing now is we put in a new system where it was live called um, client success box which allows us to see what our clients um, are using and not using but then also to sort of tag and say right what is important to to that owner and it can be i want to get the business ready to sell i want more profit i want more growth i actually just want a comfortable life um, so we were shifting to their outcome uh, and what we learned on the way, which was kind of really sort of blew our mind, there's two people we have to deal with. The owner, what's, what does success look like for them? And actually the user, mm. you know, do we help you with your job day to day? So all of a sudden we've got these two... Probably different as well. Very, very different. Quite different needs, yeah. And, and we've got to service both those needs. Um, so that was just lucky timing in some respects. It, it allowed us to accelerate it. And what that turned into um, with any most client success businesses, they focus on an outcome for you. We've got to proactively go to you and say, we've seen this. We're not selling you anything. We've seen this in your business. We think this can help towards your success. Um, and actually even asking the question with an owner, what does good look like for you? Sometimes they really struggle. You know, they really struggle. This is really interesting because what you're talking about is almost bespoking a subscription model more so to, to tailor the needs of that particular subscriber right because you know a membership is a membership but it is going to be used very differently by different people for different reasons Um, and I think people worry when they buy an off-the-shelf product that it's sort of a one-size-fits-all yeah Um, and you're saying that the kind of change is happening within you to to make that difference now yeah we we you know we go to an agent and you know we're trying to really understand you know, you're changing systems. You do great. We've won the contract. Oh, it's fun, isn't it, as well? Yeah. The changeover. We've all done yeah. it. It's hideous. Yeah. Does it actually make a difference to your business? You yeah. know, and then actually sitting down going, what is your goal? You know, some clients are on massive acquisition. Some go, I just want a really comfortable life. You go, okay, let's help that. You know, that's about actually automating things, making it a little bit simpler. Um, but in the client success world they well this particular system they have what's called playbooks and um, a playbook is electronic signatures would be a playbook if you're not using electronic signatures let's start the playbook Uh, and I actually got this from Rainmaker what what I realized (laughs) over the years we're not for us we're not short of really good insights it's a really good insight and we tell the owner and they go that's amazing they go back to their teams they go I've just found this like brilliant team goes that's great do nothing yeah we then produce little guides going, this is what you need to do. So they go back to the teams, give it to the teams going, here's the process. And they go, that's amazing. Do nothing. <laughs> um, and I'm seeing this in Rainmaker, you, you know, sharing this, the insights, sharing the stories. This is how you do it. And actually then you were taking it a step further going, this is how you implement it. So with our playbook, you know, we, electronic search is a really easy one. Here's the time savings. Here's the benefits. Obviously COVID's changed everything. People were coming to us saying we need to use this. Okay. Here's the process. What we'll do, owner, we're going to talk to your team because you haven't got that time. So we're now going to talk to the team saying, tell me how you sign your tenancies. What do you do? Okay, well, this is how it could work. Um, and then we're going back to the owner going, do you want us to set it up? Do you want us to get it up and running for you? Because if we don't, it just doesn't add success. Mm-hmm. You know, all, we spent all that time going, it's a really nice thing. Uh, doesn't really... I think this is a really interesting insight I think that a lot of businesses are learning now is that it's not it's no longer good enough to offer something 
the offering isn't enough and it's like you say you can offer and people can't use it and yes you might get paid for it and then the you know the longevity of that client it, it shortens dramatically because they've not seen any value and when their year or whatever contractual obligation is up yeah. then they're gone and, and it's a very very sort of cycle and yes you could stay in business like that and you could probably do fairly well but I think what people are learning now is the value in that long-term business and mm. not only offering them but showing them how to use it and then in in the next step which I think is what we've all done in with these COVID times is actually implement it for them yeah. because there's a it's like you say there's a resistance to change perhaps there's a time massive time deficit which I think is the the, the big point and that's one thing that we get you know it, talking to rainmakers and agents all the time is all these softwares and they're, oh, they're all great aren't they but who's got the time who's yeah. got the time to try and use it to its full potential and do it properly and actually that's all they want is something where they can do 85 things with the push of one button yeah and we we've learned over the years if we don't do a lot of that heavy lifting it, it just it doesn't get done because people have day jobs and uh, we were talking beforehand and um saying about change and when people come along going right these owners have jumped in looking at the systems going oh my goodness i need to change these systems and while i welcome that you know as a new supplier as an existing supplier we say say to owners um get the supplier back in to re-demo you know get them back in because if you've been with them for years there's going to be loads of new things happening that are there that you don't know about and your teams have not had time to to bring in to sort of adopt and play actually get some re-demos and I had three clients effectively we went and re-demoed back to them going these are all the things that we've we can do we've learned we've shared um you know and now we need to understand what's important to you you know what does success look like so you know something I would say is is it's not for me to about keeping customers but you know actually get your suppliers to re-demo going if I, I was not a, a customer point. Come on in and do it again. Absolutely. And I think you're right, because possibly the end user now has changed, guys. You might not be the person who was, you know, using this might not be the person who's using it now. I know a lot of agents have, have you know, looked at their systems and processes over this time and moved staff around. A lot of staff chess has been going on and there's people furloughed that may not be coming back or may still be furloughed. There might be people unfurloughed doing a different job than they were ever doing before. And I think you're right. You know, they might not have been the people who were, you know, using whatever software or product it might have been that that might benefit from a re-demo or a, a you know a, a further training which i'm sure you guys or whoever would would be willing to offer mm. because uh, you know also what they might want and require has changed somewhat i think yeah and again i think it's a, we i experience it with in services is i get busy mm. and you know i sort of uh, we recent uh, we're using akaboom and uh, one person um, moved on who set it up for me and then I was just checking in but how's that going and actually that full potential of that service we weren't using we, it sort of tailed off um, so we just went no problem we should go straight back restart it again you know and then suddenly get quite excited because we're going oh we just we forgot about that bit or wow we didn't know about that you know and, and starting to bring that yeah, back into good the advice. business good advice mm. what uh what do you think talking to customers at the moment and and agents what have they how have they changed how have their approach to business changed moving forward now because i think we're, we're back in our, a lot of people are back in their offices um branches are now open obviously there's a heavy you know health and safety aspect and all that kind of yeah. thing 
what do you think that they will have learned and how do you think the world of estate agency letting agency has changed how I think we those, move forward it's been fantastic seeing the adoption of the digital tools mm. you know the whole video piece for me was fascinating and you know even in our business we had video i've got a couple of people who did work at home you know so we but we still didn't fully adopt it and then all of a sudden we're sat down having google hangouts and zoom meetings going right we've got to learn some social etiquette here <laughs> you know all, dressed all. yeah <laughs> what really was interesting uh, dynamic is as a business and internally we're totally comfortable talking to each other on video but we weren't we wouldn't do that with stranger and i think that's what's going to change um we started R&D very quickly so my cto is actually in new zealand he's over there for a couple of years with his wife his wife's a, a doctor in the sabbatical luckily Good place to be right now well it's done new zealand um so the whole concept is we said well why aren't we building in video conferencing into the system and then we started to really highlight and debate where could we go with that and what was interesting was can we put that on the agent's website can we show a visitor coming to the website who's available for a call um, because when we start doing these type of interactions um, by using this digital technology we build rapport you know ourselves mm. we've not met before i think with the conferences and things but straight away you know starting to build a rapport get to know yeah. each other um, imagine that a potential customer hitting your website seeing who's online clicking start the call and having a chat and I think there's something that, a lot more intimate about having a conversation like this um, than there is at the end of the telephone for for yeah. sure. Um, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, a face to face meeting is is, you know, trumps both. But at the moment, that's not safe. And also the time, you know, travel time, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. It's just doesn't work, does it? You know, so, yeah, absolutely. That would be phenomenal. And I think it's the in the past where people going mm, not really buying into that won't yeah. really work. You know, all of a sudden we're forced to do it, you know, uh, everything from the whole concept of virtual viewings. Um, you know, we were calling them video viewings in the agency. So I tried, you know, we implemented video viewing. So, right, look, I need you to go out, do a video of the property, do a talk over and then show, show an applicant. And negotiators just didn't want to do it. So we changed it to a video viewing. We book an hour. This is how we had to force this. We go for the first 30 minutes, drive to the property, do the video. Next 30 minutes, upload it, call the applicant and go through the video. The conversion rate on it was uh, 50%. Wow. Because most of the time it was somebody who was in work, really desperate for that property. Um, you know, it's fantastic. The moment we stopped applying the pressure, it stopped. Yeah. Um, and I think what's shown us now is this shouldn't go away. It mustn't go no, away. No, I don't think so either. Um, and I think owners... Uh, and respectfully, some owners, you know, I feel like we're a bit older, don't necessarily buy into it. Actually, people want convenience. They just want that ease. And even our own teams want that ease. Uh, and that's what I'm seeing now. So I'm very, not so much the open minded. It's like, I right, we, we are now going to change our business model. We, you know, and I hope, I really do hope it sticks and stays. You know, I think the agents that really make it stick and stay will keep that continued growth. And then the danger is it actually, it just tails off, you know, disappears. Back to where we were and we forget yeah. it all. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be possible. I think it was too big a, 
too big a pivot, too big a change for it to, to, to go back. What does the, the future look like for you guys then for Agent OS? What's, what is the, how's the future changed for you? Really our sort of focus is this whole concept will work anywhere. So classically with software, you know, softwares can be really big. You know, our systems work anywhere. Um, and we're going down a route now um, of role specific apps. So um, we've just been, we've released and it was doing through a negotiator app. And this came really from clients. Um, we've got an online software request board uh, and our clients go in and they vote and comment and add requests. And you suddenly see what's at the top, what's at the bottom. Uh, and the system working on the iPhone is a real key thing. You know, logging the iPhone, it's big, yeah. it's difficult. And actually we're going role specific apps. So we've got a neg app, uh, we're working on an owner's app, property management makes sense. But the fundamental difference is this is not trying to squeeze everything into one app. It's actually going to write, what is it that person needs to do at that moment? So we added the diary, that's nothing new. But what they need to do is add the viewing feedback. So what is unique to that role is when I come out of that property, work anywhere principle, I need to immediately go feedback. Uh, we put in, uh, we're just about to release the email element, but it's not about reading emails. Again, that's not new. What it is, it's those online um, applications from your website, you know, the request for an online valuation. Um, it's bringing that to the forefront. So when they walk out of a property and they check their emails, they can see and act quickly. Mm. Um, and even to a point where bringing in the video there, um, taking offers, tenancy applications. So we're going down this role specific route so that your negotiator just literally on their phone has what they need to do everything that they need to do um as well as you know keep developing systems so that's that's been our big focus and the other area was agent pay which is a whole other side to us which was rent automations and you know dealing with open banking because i see that space changing rapidly um and that's sort of come about how so we've got a few more minutes how so do you, what change do you see to to that with open banking um we're sort of looking towards systems like go cardless and, and those things um owners had a shock some owners had a shock when they suddenly realized they had to go back in the office to access their online banking systems and and things like that. um open banking is not just about connecting to the account so where i really see it going is uh, open banking if you're a tenant I'm going to ping you a link to say, great, signing the tenancy, it's all set up. It opens your mobile banking app to set up the standing order. Look at that. Yeah. And that tells me if you've set it up or not. Uh, and that brings our costs down. It just means that we can make requests for payments, you know, all that side. So open banking is a, is a, is a biggie. And to me, it's, it's interesting. It's not always exciting, but it is that the there yet or is that in the works? No, no, it's live. We've got the open banking live. We're just testing some of the payments piece. Um, we're the first in the UK to do that. So it's all there. And that led us into what we call agent pay, which is rent automation. So again, that's an app. Uh, you don't have to be an agent OS client. You just you reconnect your bank account and then the system starts to process automatically those rental payments. Wow. Oh, so you guys have definitely successfully pivoted, I would say, in the last uh, three months. Uh, I, think, I think with what was going on, we just doubled down. And, you know, I saw yeah. a, lot of the, a lot of other suppliers furlough. And I'm, my worry is if you do that, it takes you three or four months to get back to normal. Yeah. You know, and things are moving so quickly. 
you know playing just... catch up in this day and age isn't really a, isn't really it's not going to happen um yeah i not agree well, this has been amazing, and I think you've got a couple uh, a couple of offers to to um, shout out to our agent raymakers. Uh, you're very lucky, guys. Um, but uh, yeah, just a, a little bit of an offer of some some discounts or something you've got for us. Is that right? Yeah, the agent OS system, which is um, the, the the property software system. If somebody if you're interested, and in, and um, obviously we will demo and we give trials. But if they'd like to take the service, uh, we wouldn't. Uh, we give first two months free wow. um, on that side. And then with agent pay, the rental automation side, same again, first two months free. So we do all the heavy lifting there. We get all your data in, connect the bank accounts, um, and then start um, automating your rental payments and nothing for the first two months. That's fantastic. And how do our Rainmakers uh, take advantage of this, Glenn? If you tell us you're a Rainmaker um, member, then that's discount automatically applied. And how do, we get, how do they get hold of you? Just the um, agentos.com website on the agentpay.app website. Perfect. Well, thank you so, so, so much. It's been a pleasure and I've really enjoyed it. It's been really, really interesting connecting today. Thank awesome. you so much.